0: Welcome to 52 Weeks of Flow. This is a moving river podcast hosted by multifaceted entrepreneur and transformational coach Via Marie Annine. In this podcast, we want to help you discover the concept of flow and show you ways to get into flow and how you can keep your life flowy. Hello, 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 and welcome to 52 Weeks of Flow, where we talk about all aspects of flow in our lives, how to create it, how to maintain it, and how to access it whenever we want. If you like to support the show and learn more about what we do at Moving River, you can check out our website, www.movingriver.com. Or check out www.superwoman.coach for our Superwoman training and circle. You can also find us on Instagram at moving underscore river. Or you can find us here, right here, right now. How convenient, right? This episode is inspired by a good friend of mine and her struggles, and one of my awesome clients. What if I told you that there's a constant war inside of each one of us that is blocking your flow? This battle and its outcome defines not only how we feel on the inside, but also transcends to the outside world, how we feel towards other people and how we interact with them. Do we live from a place of lack or a place of love? There's an old Cherokee parable, and it goes like this. An old Cherokee was teaching his grandchildren about life. He said, A battle is raging inside me. It is a terrible fight between two wolves. One wolf represents fear, anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. The other stands for joy, peace, love, hope, sharing, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, friendship, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The old man looked at the children with a firm stare. This same fight is going on inside you, inside every other person too." They thought about it for a minute, and then one child asked the grandfather, which wolf will win? The old Cherokee replied, the one you feed. It sounds very easy to only feed the one whose traits we like to see in our lives more. But due to our programming, our upbringing, the trauma, big or small, that each one of us has experienced, we all have created survival mechanisms that have served us so far and that our brain will be fighting to keep. Our brain will do anything to secure our survival. At least it thinks it does. That's why it is so afraid of change change means stepping in uncertainty and for most people uncertainty is the scariest place in the universe but if we overcome that fear of change ignore it push through it or just take a leap of faith we are on our personal hero's journey call it enlightenment call it transcendence but what this hero's journey actually is is the death of the ego A friend of mine, a wonderful psychotherapist, describes the ego as a sense of self that you develop at a young age. The ego relates to your feelings about your own importance and abilities, like who you are as a person, whether it is gender identity, what you believe in, or what your morals and values are. Sigmund Freud was the first to popularize the idea of ego in the modern world, where he defined the ego as the part of the mind that mediates between the conscious and the subconscious and is responsible for reality testing and a sense of personal identity. So without digging too deep into the psychological aspects, you can think of your ego as the image you hold of yourself, which affects everything from how you perceive the world to how you behave around others. So what does it mean when the ego dies? Freud states that the death of the ego is the realization that you are not truly the things you've identified with and that the ego or sense of self that you have created in your mind is a fabrication. In some instances The death can offer a profound feeling of peace and connectedness with all that is as the walls of separation the ego creates come crumbling down. In other cases, and especially if your ego resists this death, the experience can be rather scary and results in a sense of detachment or disassociation, which can also cause depression, anxiety, and fear. But the more you are in tune with your spiritual core, and here comes the woo-woo again, the easier the awakening will be. Don't get me wrong. The ego's death is not a casual experience. It can change the course of people's lives entirely. When one comes through on the other side, having released all the things they have identified with, with only their true spirit left, they begin to live from a place of pure love. Personally, I am still on my hero's journey and fighting my battles. But I have met some people who operate from a place of pure love and it's truly captivating and something to long for. But how does it work? How do you kill your ego? The death of the ego is different for everybody. Some popular ways include psychedelics, sound baths, breathing exercises and meditations the beginning of your ego dying is definitely the realization that your soul is something else but your ego from that point forward the ego's death has some common stages Sarah Reagan writes that in her article on mindbodygreen.com the first stage of the ego's death is the initial moment of awakening in which you wake up from the ego's power over you. The second stage is the dark night of the soul, which can feel like the complete loss of identity. You begin to question everything and realize things are not the way they seem or as we've been taught. In the third stage, you begin to explore more and fill the void with things that are in line with your soul or your highest self. It's important to note that although the death of the ego seems like a killing of the ego, what actually happens is the loss of being subjected to its power over you. As your ego dies off, you start to live from a place of more love and light. As the dust settles, and you soften into your new way of being, you realize more about your true nature and live in a higher vibrational state. At this stage, you have cleared many of your old patterns and limiting beliefs and are now embodying much more light and a simpler, more purified divine you. There are wonderful exercises to help you raise your vibration and if you like to learn more about how to raise your vibration, get in touch and I'm happy to guide you through it. To get practical on how to experience the death of your own ego, you will need to go through some spiritual practices like meditation or holotropic breathwork to enter a state of out-of-body experience. Please don't take this too lightly since it can be a very terrifying experience. If you like to jump in head first, like no strings attached, a study from 2016, the link is in the comments, found a strong correlation with psychedelics and the death of the ego. No matter which path you choose, experiencing the death of the ego is intense, life-changing and sometimes truly frightening, but not as frightening as staying in your ego and living from lack feeling not good enough, thinking that there is not enough for you, that others will take what you deserve. But it can lead you to your soul's purpose and allow you to live a life in harmony with your deepest truth. At this moment in time, imagine if everyone would experience the death of their ego and the interconnectedness that comes with it. We would experience world peace for the first time. But no matter where you are on your journey, if you're looking for a way to kill your ego and end the war within you, or you're just getting started, don't worry, because the real you will emerge eventually. And your flow is one vibration away. You just need to start the journey. And that's it for today. That's our show. Thank you for tuning in and staying with me. Thank you for all your support. If you have any questions or suggestions, please feel free to reach out via mail, bea at superwoman.coach, rate the show with five stars or on Instagram, moving underscore river, write us a cool review. If no one has told you today, I'm grateful for you. And remember, stay flowy, my friend.